0: Welcome back to the All Teams Strength and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, as always, Robbie Burke. And before we get into today's show, I just want to give a shout out to all of the show's sponsors. Firstly, upmentorship.com, which is one of the top strength and conditioning resources available online today. The Ultimate Performance Online Mentorship is 20 hours of top class strength and conditioning information available for instant access right at your fingertips. To find out more, head over to upmentorship.com which is linked up in the show notes. Check it out and help support the show. Next, I want to give a shout out to Altus 360 and Altus Education, which are two outstanding online resources for any practitioner in the sports preparation profession. Be sure to head over to the show notes and check out these unique platforms. Next, I want to give a shout out to Joseph Johnson at Ultimate Alley Concepts. Ultimate Alley Concepts is a multifaceted company providing the most sophisticated scientific material in sports science. Ultima Ally Concepts is the world's leading resource for translated sports preparation material. Next, I want to give a shout out to Pat B's National Sports Performance Association, which is an online certification platform for professionals within the sports preparation profession. Currently, the NSPA has four certifications available. Speed and Agility, delivered by Lee Taft. Olympic Weightlifting, delivered by Will Fleming. Nutrition, delivered by Dr. Chris Moore. And program design delivered by coach Robert Remedios. For more information on the NSPA, be sure to check out all of the links in the show notes. Finally, I want to thank another brainchild of Pat Beef's, Athletes Acceleration, which is another online medium that delivers excellent educational resources for strength and conditioning professionals. And just like with all of our other sponsors, head over to the show notes to get the links to all of the available products that Athletes Acceleration has to offer. A full disclosure, except for Altus 360 and Altus Education, I am an affiliate to all of the show sponsors. Lastly, before we get into today's interview, I just wanted to let all the listeners know that the podcast is now on Patreon. If you feel that you are in a position to support the show, I would truly appreciate any donations you'd be willing to make to help support the podcast. Okay, that's enough rambling from me. Let's get into today's show. This episode's guests are Chris Corfus, Jay Holdsworth and Cal Dietz. Chris Corfus has coached over 55 All-State sprinters and countless other high school All-State athletes and has over 20 years of coaching experience. Chris's training methods have been so effective that he has consulted NFL teams, Big Ten universities, Olympic teams and US Special Forces. Jay Holdsworth is a world champion powerlifter. Published author and former University of Kentucky strength and conditioning coach. JL has been the official speed and performance coach for the Major League Lacrosse Ohio Machine for the past three seasons. JL is a highly sought after speaker and has presented internationally on many topics relating to human performance. He regularly consults with major collegiate, NFL, and NHL programs such as the New York Jets, St. Louis Blues, University of Clemson, and Ohio State University. In 2010, JL founded the Spot Athletics and has built that small private training facility into two 20,000 square foot locations in Columbus, Ohio. Cal Dietz has been an Olympic sport strength and conditioning coach for numerous sports at the University of Minnesota since 2000. During his tenure, Dietz has trained athletes that have achieved 400-plus All-American honors, teams that have won 33 Big Ten WCHA championship teams, and ten NCAA team champions. He is consulted with Olympic and world champions in various sports and professional athletes in the NHL, NFL, NBA, MLB, MMA, and professional boxing. In other words, these three guys are big deals. On this episode, the guys and I discuss many topics. Firstly, the guys introduce themselves. I ask Cal Dietz when is Triphasic Two coming out. Come on, Cal, when's it coming out? We discussed the origins of Reflexive Performance Reset, also known as RPR. I asked the guys, what is RPR? I asked the guys, what evidence is there to support RPR? I asked the guys, where can people find out more about RPR and the new RPR level one online course? I asked the guys if RPR will be hosting any seminars in Europe in the coming future. I asked the guys where people can find out more about each one of them individually. And finally I asked the guys what they were currently reading at the time that we recorded this podcast. Guys, this was a great conversation with the three guys. Not only was it jam packed full of information, but it was also hilarious and I hope you really really enjoyed it. Gentlemen, we are recording and we are live. Thank you so much for making this happen as I know with all the different time zones it can be tough but uh, Chris, Cal, and JL, thank you so much. I suppose I'll give you a quick intro to to each one of you, and I know most listeners will be like, we know who all these guys are, but just in case, give us a quick rundown of, even just tell us what's new in your lives right now. So we'll go, Chris.
1: Uh, I'm Chris Corfist. I am a track strength speed coach in Chicago. Um, I run part owner of RPR. I'm part owner in track football consortium, which we have one coming up in June, which will be a really good one. Cal and JL will both be speaking there, but we're going to have... Uh, the USC track coach. We're going to have the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars staff. We're going to have University of Texas strength coaches. Um, it's going to be really good. Um, I'm in the middle of track season and it's horrible because it's cold all the time and we're running sprints in 48 degree weather with 40 mile an hour winds. So our times aren't so great right now.
0: <laughs> so are, they, are, are all your athletes, are they doing all their sprints in, in your basement in, in, into that net?
1: Yeah, we're well well, we're trying to go outside some, but high school kids being high school kids, because they think it's springtime and they think it's eighty, they show up in shorts and t shirts and it's forty degrees out. And so weird things happen when you mix those two things together.
0: All right, JL. Give us your rundown.
2: Yeah, JL Holdsworth, um world champion power lifter. I own the spot athletics. We have uh two twenty thousand square foot. Uh, private training facilities about two thousand square meters each, I guess right uh and then co founder of uh r p r as well
0: all right Kyle, you crazy bastard Your go. <laughs> uh
2: yeah i just uh I guess I think a
3: little differently to start this whole thing so um i I came up with triphasic training and kind of modified it over the years and, and i mean it 's not just me it 's a reflection of all my assistants, the people I like around me. People that, that ask a lot of questions that, that uh, they, they don't make you feel very smart at times, but, uh, you know, they ask me how I come up with all this stuff. And really, I uh, people around me and I ask questions of myself that uh, I create problems I didn't know I had. And then I uh, I try to make solutions to solve those problems, you know, and uh, that's like that's how triphasic I coach at a university at the in, uh, in the States here, University of Minnesota. I tell people I've coached over 200 seasons now because one season I oversaw 12, 12 teams, and I did that for a number of years. So um, now I'm just down to two, mainly uh, men's and women's hockey, and uh, do a lot of self-education along those guidelines and, and uh, part owner of RPR, obviously. So.
0: And are you still running experiments on your son? On mm,
3: a lot of people. I mean, we could probably do a podcast on that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My favorite
0: story of your son is where, like, he just fucking was at a birthday party and he'd a ton of shit on one day and he didn't eat anything. And the omega waved him and his system was fried. And then the next morning he got up and he was brand new. Yeah. He like, yeah. He's, he's so resilient. Shakarfis, you're the same. You want to run your kid through the forest blindfolded.
1: Oh, <laughs> hey, my kid will do anything for 20 bucks. That's it. $20, That's it. $20 a test. Uh, he's, uh, yeah. I even paid him $200 to quit baseball. Just just because I didn't want to sit through all the baseball games And he took the money And I didn't have to go to baseball games It was probably one of the best deals I've ever made
0: Yeah well as an Irishman I I can resonate with that Because I think baseball is fucking boring In Ireland we got the Irish sports here And the Irish sports are like hell for leather They're like 100 miles an hour So we like our sports to be quick fucking snappy and lightning fast when when they're slow and born we just it reminds us of the english sort of <laughs> soccer and cricket. Get, the, get, the, get the fuck out of here with that shit
2: Robbie, you guys have you guys have lacrosse over there at all
0: we actually they're probably like there's every sport in ireland like that but i i don't know if there's any official lacrosse leagues here but it is very similar to hurling, like like so uh, like irish people when they see lacrosse they go yes we like that too it's fast <laughs> So, yeah, yeah we a, do.
2: Yeah, I do. Uh, speed performance for a pro lacrosse team, and uh, I, it's a sport my son plays. I, I love lacrosse.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, when I worked at Boyles, like we had a lot of lacrosse players, so and, and I respected the lacrosse. The, the, the lacrosse and hockey players are very similar in their essence to yep. hurlers here in Ireland. So I always resonated with them very much. So. Keith, one more thing before we get going into RPR. What's the crack with Triphasic Two? I know you've been your head's been wrecked with that question.
3: Yeah, no, I'm I'm hoping like to finish uh, up the final this this June. I don't do it; it'll, it'll be Mike T. Nelson, um, which is good. It's been a little delayed just because I I can add new more some new stuff in it that uh, I have and, and, and things like that. So I'm hoping by this summer, end of summer for sure, it
1: should be completed. Sweet, right, We man. do have uh, we do have Triphasic Springfoot model that just came out. Cal and I wrote together.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's yeah, pretty, Great like,
1: marketing uh, by uh, us, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, no, I link that in the channels for sure, definitely. So, listen, Chris, you, you reached. Well, I actually reached out to you to get you back on the podcast. You're like, listen, let's wait until, you know, we've done a few more um, side projects here with RPR. So, and the podcast is kind of geared towards RPR. You know, obviously Douglas Heels' work and and what you boys have distilled from it and and what you have put out now to the masses um i met douglas actually roughly around this time last year he was in dublin for sure i wasn't able to take his course but i got to meet up with him one of the days and another fucking great dude like just a crazy bastard um obviously you know in his in his own right he's, he's a genius all geniuses are fucking nuts like you boys but uh give us a the story there about you know how rpr came about a little more the background like i only know very superficially that it came from douglas i, I think the story is cal you know, told a lot. You gone seen Douglas and, and told. I think it was Chris and a few others. You know, you need no. to you need to go see this guy. Or was it the other way around? Maybe Chris told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
1: so the, what did, what happened was uh, Dan Fichter in Rochester, New York, and I were always we're kind another, of like
0: another nutcase
1: Yeah, we're oh, yeah. bromance internet bromance uh, people. And we're always looking for ways to reach the neural system rather than just train a muscle. And uh, Dan heard about Douglas and actually bucked up because he's terrified of flying. He tells me every time he flies that he almost crashed, which, you know, I have a hard time believing, but <laughs> he went out to London and saw Douglas. And this is, you know, early technology. I think it was like 2002, three, something like four.
0: Wow.
1: Um, no, later that 2006, maybe. And uh, he starts sending me faxes back about presses, places where to press to see if the muscle works because he's getting blown away by Douglas. So I get, I'm i getting these faxes and uh, I bring in a client and I lay him down on the floor and say, let's see if this works. And uh, So I pressed on him. I said, holy shit, this works. So I press on this spot and this muscle works. So, both kind of heads are spinning. Uh, We get in touch with Douglas and say, hey, why don't you come out to Chicago and why don't we run a class out here? So, we bring Douglas out. We ran it in a doctor's office waiting room because that's the only space that I could find because I was new to running clinics and things like that. And uh, it kind of stuck from there. Um, And then from there on, uh, I had Douglas come out twice a year and we ran level ones and level twos and... One day, Cal calls me up out of the blue and says, "Hey, what's all this going on?" And I'd never talked to Cal before, but I read Triphasic, and I, you know, I still think this that Trifasic's the best book ever written on string training. And so I was kind of like, "Wow, if Cal Dietz is into this shit, you know, <laughs> there must be something to this." So Cal shows up, and uh, I guess he's into it because he showed up at my house that night. And Douglas was staying in our house. He shows, rings the doorbell, and there he is. He's got a grocery bag full of wine. He goes, I didn't know what everyone's was drinking. So I bought some of everything in a bag full of cheese. And so he comes in and, uh, we kind of stuck there and then Cal was into it and came to a bunch of stuff. And then we decided to host one up in Minneapolis, back to back weekends, level one, level two, we were trying to push Douglas to cut it down and make it more coach appropriate. Cause you know, Douglas, you know, takes a long time to teach some stuff. And, uh, jail came out for the second one and I I wasn't there for the second one. I was on my way back. I got sick coming back from uh where was I? I was in Norway. And uh and uh jail was blown away and I think everyone knows the story about the Dave Tate incident and uh the impact that had and jail had Cal and I out to the spot in end of July that year. We went out to dinner, really nice steakhouse, and then had a great time. And then we walk out of the steakhouse, and JL threw the proposition down that this is awesome stuff, but we've got to do a better job getting it out to people. We've got to streamline it. So I think what happened was Cal and I are not businessmen. We don't know marketing. We don't know business stuff. And we would have floundered around with this for a long time. And JL is a business guy, and he said, "I, I think we can do something here. I think that's how it kicked off,
2: and uh, we've been going from there. Well, I think, too, I went – I was speaking, uh, Cal and I both, at Robert Morris. That was how – so then we were having a beer after the clinic, and Cal started telling me about everything. And, you know, I I think like anybody, when when you first start hearing about the changes that it can – that that people can make with RPR, you're like, yeah, I don't know. Sounds, sounds a little bit like voodoo. And so honestly, I didn't like, if I wouldn't have known Cal, I would have never gone to, to that clinic in in Minnesota. There's no way. Uh, But I was like, well, at the very least I'm going to hang out with Cal for two days and and that's never bad. So uh, I went up there and uh, when I went up there, the thing I always say is if someone you, if someone you know tells you about RPR, then then you kind of believe them. It's real. If so, they explain it and, and you know, you have any t- intelligence, it's pretty simple to understand. But until you feel it, there's no way you can comprehend what it does for your body. And so when I went up to Minnesota and felt that, I mean, that was, I, I literally, I remember Cal and Douglas and I were out at dinner and uh, it was hilarious because I said, look, I said, this is the most life-changing thing I've learned since I learned about conjugate training in Westside barbell and I told Douglas I said all I know is two years later like I had my name on the board at Westside and I was living in Columbus Ohio training so I'm just saying and he was like well don't move to South Africa so uh, (laughs) so instead we started RPR and uh, it's been uh, it's it's been an awesome ride and it's been a lot of fun.
0: To that, Kyle. one thing i will say cal is your youtube channel has got tons of rpr stuff on so you've definitely you know incorporated a ton of it since you've learned it
3: yeah you know and and i think just the stuff that chris and i when he says in jail when, when jail says hey i can't believe what it does for your body like that's what people can feel but sometimes they can't see things you know and, and that that was the big thing for me um and through this educational process with chris and i like the things that we can see change, you know, as you know, Robbie, you get into your are coaching 25 years. There's just things that you can see that others can't see. Right. And then that's, that's what I'm, you know, my biggest thing was RPR when, when we got this thing going was that, look, I, I know when athletes walk in the door, if they have problems, let, let's say they have a, a quad issue or whatever it may be that they don't have any pain yet. I start training them and, If you start training them really hard, guess what? They might have some knee pain. Who gets blamed for that? I get blamed for that. My thing is, is like they walked in the door with these problems. It's not me. It's not the squats. It's not the squatting technique. It's their problems, the way they compensate. So um, I'm I'm given the, uh, you know, my hope was always to give the, the ability for coaches to not get blamed for all these compensation patterns that exist in the body.
2: Well, I think one of the things with Reflexive Performance Reset, I think that it's really key too, is that, um, you know, as uh, as we move things from, you know, when we, you know, when I went to Minnesota, I mean, you know, Chris talked about with Dave Tate. I mean, I've known Dave for so long. I called Dave from Minnesota. I said, dude, I, I have something that I think is, is going to help you so much. Dave didn't Dave doesn't care he didn't and because of my relationship he he didn't ask me what it was he just all right well I can be at your place on Wednesday and so most people you know aren't going to have that kind of relationship with people but he you know I, I never I didn't know what was going to happen he didn't know what was going to happen and then he, he set a 90 pound squat PR that day it was it was insane and so after that it was I called Cal and Chris both that day and I'm like holy shit guys like this like I, I thought it was awesome but Like this is, this is some crazy, like, like game changing stuff. And so um, it's, it's been one of those things that ever since the the first encounter it's just because I didn't understand. Like I said, I honestly, I, I, other than knowing Cal, I wouldn't have believed him except for, I trusted Cal and, and that's the only reason I went and checked it out in the first place.
0: So what is RPR? Someone walks into your facility, Cal, or your facility, Jail, or into your facility, Chris, and says, tell tell me what this RPR thing is about. What what is the answer I would hear from you three gentlemen if I asked you individually? Would it be the same message or would you have your own take on it?
2: I I think it's the same message, but obviously everyone's gonna say things a little different. But at the end of the day, the one thing we always tell everybody is that RPR allows you to optimize your nervous system so you can perform at your highest level. And that is what it does. There's two key components in that. One, people can do it themselves. So that was the, the model from day one was that we wanted to not be in that practitioner-based model of, you know, come see me, Robbie. Let me show you what I can do. It's like, hey, Robbie, do these things and you can make yourself awesome every day. Mm. And the, the philosophy that I have, that Cal has, that Chris has, and, and the reason that we all resonated so well together was that all of us, Want to empower our athletes and our clients to care for their own bodies, right? We don't want to. We don't want them to be relying on us because you can't be there with them out on the field or or during every single practice or every single game. Uh, and then the other part of it, besides people being able to do it themselves, is just the the whole idea of optimizing your nervous system. And I think one of the biggest things is that in, in Western medicine and in traditional thought, where we are today, you know, it, it's crazy when we look at the body, the nervous system controls everything. And and no one, no one argues that. The thing I think that's amazing is that the way that people are taught about the body is we look at it. uh, The analogy I always use is a light fixture, right? You walk into a room, it's dark, you flip a light switch, light comes on. Uh, uh, And it's funny because the way we explain it to our athletes, our clients is we're going to show you where your light switches are for your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so if you walked into a room and like in a light fixture, you know, the actual fixture that holds the light, that's the bones, the tendons, the fascia, the light bulb, that's the muscles, right? Everyone sees the light bulb working. No one can see the electricity. And so the thing that's crazy is in traditional thought and the way things have been handled, you know, 30 years ago, all everyone did was work on the muscles or the light bulbs, right? So you walk into a dark room, let's change light bulbs, not real effective. Well, then everyone started getting into the soft tissue aspect, and, and so now everyone's working on the fixture. Well, that's a step up, right? But really, I see RPR as the evolution to that, to that next level where we're actually addressing the nervous system first. Then, look, and that's a great part about RPR. It doesn't change anything you're doing in your, in your current training, It just allows you to be more effective and efficient with what you're doing because first you're flipping the light switch, getting the nervous system optimized, then go through all your soft tissue stuff that you've already been doing go through all your exercises for the muscles you've already been doing. And so that's the biggest thing is allowing people to optimize that nervous system. And honestly, it's something that until I, until I learned this, I didn't even know it was a thing. Mm -hmm. So that that's been part of the challenge is getting people to even understand That the nervous system is something that once they know RPR, they have the ability to optimize their own nervous system. And that's probably the biggest challenge. And because it's a challenge, because the changes are so significant. And, And I'll give you the example of the light. You walk into a dark room and you flip a switch. All the lights come on instantly. It's super bright. That, that's instant change. No one's amazed by that, right? But think about 150 years ago when the first person ever saw a light bulb come on. That shit was voodoo. It was magic, right? Like if you've never seen lights in a room come on, that shit would be magic. Because before that, you had to go around and light a bunch of lanterns, right? And so that, that instant change. Well, it's funny because in our profession, what we've been doing is, you know, getting up on ladders, changing light bulbs, working on fixtures, doing all this that shit takes a long time. When you go right from the nervous system, it's like flipping that light switch on a room, man, things change right away. And I think right now, because that concept is so new, you know, it's no different than 150 years ago, man. Like, People were like, I don't know about these light bulb things. Seem kind of crazy to me, and and you know, and t- t- today obviously no one thinks like electricity and light bulbs are crazy. That's kind of where we're at with RPR. People are like, I don't know, I don't know about this nervous system stuff, man. It, it seems kind of crazy. And, and, and twenty think, years. Yeah.
1: And I think that's the thing is because it, as humans and where science has driven us, is we are also compartmentalized about where things are. Nobody truly sees the full integration of things. So when you talk to a traditional strength coach, they're working on, I'm going to work that muscle, I'm going to get that muscle bigger. Uh, and, And that's where they stop because that's their world. They've drawn these boundaries around what their thought process is. And when you start throwing in something that they don't understand or it's outside their realm of what they understand or what they think, you know, people get defensive and, so what I think we are trying to do is show a more holistic approach to training that we're going to start more basic than just we're going to get the muscles strong. The, the, the drive has to come from the brain gives a, a drive and it's asking certain muscles to go in a certain sequence. And over time, for whatever reason, whether it's fati- it can be something as simple as fatigue, your body's going to say, wait a minute, this is dangerous and this is where the whole neural thing comes in, we're gonna change the muscle recruitment pattern because we don't wanna get hurt. Remember, the first thing your body does is it tries to find threats, and the threats can a lot of times be internal. Uh, You don't wanna hurt yourself doing some movement. And
2: so, So, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, it's it's interesting, as I was listening to you talk, one of the things, Robbie, I think is amazing, one of the things we did from the beginning was we, we said, you know, we, we want to put this in the hands of strength coaches, personal trainers, people that are working with people every day. And I think one of the amazing things is as, as we've showed strength coaches and personal trainers, how to teach this, they're open right away. They go, awesome. This helps my people be better. I want people to be better. The, the real pushback that I've seen. And, and honestly, I, I, it's not even someone that, that we say this is for is, physical therapists orthopedic surgeons right because trainers athletic trainers oh yeah i mean it's crazy right like we have um you know i've been sidelines of for pro lacrosse right and uh there's team doctor ortho athletic trainers and a guy comes off the field with something and they're working on them. So now you've got, you know, I don't know, a hundred years of college and probably several million dollars in student loan debt working on somebody. And uh they they're like, Oh, I don't know, he's he's not gonna be able to go back in. And I walk over and in thirty seconds the guy's back out on the field and feels great. Right. And and the crazy part about that is those people don't come over to me and ask. And so we, we ended up in a situation where someone would come off the field and the vet guys on the team would be like, Jay, I'll come over here, right? Like, because they know, like, if we change the nervous system, I get right back on the field, right? Those players don't give a shit, right? Like, they,
1: they want to play. They want to do wanna whatever play. gets them quick. And I, so I had a similar thing this year where, you know, I work, I have a football team and Uh, they were coming off the field, you know, whatever. Hey, coach, check this out for me real quick. And I would reset them. And the trainers and the the doctor actually said, you know, what are they doing? They should come see us first. And the athletic director said, you know what, they sponsor us and they give us a lot of money and the trainers are for free. So they set up a protocol that you have to go see the trainer first. So they'd go through, listen to their stuff, and then they would come see me and then go back out on the field.
2: Well. Um, I'll say though the best people right like one of the one of the people I showed this to first was uh, Eric Serrano right Serrano's a a great doctor and he loved it and he's like this is this is great and then the athletic trainers I've shown really to me it comes down to to humility and and having a growth mindset that you know before I learned this stuff on honestly you know like look I I put 1100 pounds on my back I've you know I've Deadlifted eight hundred pounds. Like I, I, I've lifted weights, right? Like I know what it's like to get strong. And
0: they're they're not I, weights, jail That's a fucking house you put on your back. <laughs> That's
2: a car. But <laughs> but right, like you know, I understand. Like I know what it is to get strong. And I would have said, you know, take something like swat so I, I would have said, you know, you take the big three. Like I know, you know, before this, I would have said, man, I know. 85 90 percent of what's going on in the body like i got this shit figured out i've been doing this shit forever now i'm like i i understand about three percent of what's going on in the body i mean that's i think you like and, and i think that's the thing is that if, if you can be humble and under and just respect that there's things going on that you don't quite understand yet like I, I work with a high school football team and their athletic trainer i mean they're great like john's like no come in teach the team i mean and actually i've had Around here, a lot of high school football teams now, They they the head coaches will contact me and be like, can you guys come in and teach our team how to do RPR? Because now these other teams in our area are all using it, and the players talk, are telling all the other players how much better they feel. And so that's the cool part is now, like, in, in my area with football, like, the players are driving the coaches to bring somebody in because it's like, hey, are these guys on the other You know, kids talk, right? Like, it's so connected today, right? So – um and you know and it's cool too now because I've actually got college athletes that worked with us in high school that are now in college and so they go away and they tell their strength coaches like hey you guys need to learn this stuff because I feel amazing and so to me like the whole reason I got in this field the whole reason you know in, in Cal and Chris the reason why this has been such a great partnership from the beginning is the three of us just want to help people and like Cal said like he's making problems. He doesn't even know he had, he's finding solutions and he's finding problems with the solutions and finding a better solution. And like, I, honestly, like I tell you, I, I feel super fortunate, Robbie, like I get together with, with Cal and, and, and Chris and like their knowledge, like they've opened me up to so much in training. And like, I mean, they're, they, they know stuff that I never knew existed and they've helped me grow as, as a strength coach. Uh, I mean, tremendous. My program at the spot athletics has benefited a million. I mean, not, not just RPR, right? Like obviously RPR, I mean, every client who walks in, it's the base of everything we've done. I mean, we've had, um, I had, I had an athlete come in, uh, his, his mom is a 12 year old athlete. This was three years ago, right. When I, I first learned everything. Um, and a 12 year old kid comes in and his parents, uh, his parents, were like, they wanted to start him training because his back hurt really bad, and so he couldn't play sports. And so they took him to an orthopedic surgeon. Surgeon said, uh, we got to do surgery. Uh, so they j- took j- him j- to-
0: just 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 12 years of
2: age? 12, yeah. It's, it's crazy. And so they, so they tacked him to a second guy. The second guy laid him. They take some MRIs. These pictures are like – we have to do surgery. So they lay him down on the table, they test his hamstring flexibility, and the kid could only get up about 25 degrees off the table and was in a lot of pain. And so obviously that's bad, right? Like the kid, but the kid had just grown like eight inches over a summer, right? So his body didn't know what to do with itself. And so the mom brings the kid in and says, uh, you know, they basically said, we have to do surgery because something is stuck in his spine that's stopping his leg from moving. And we don't know what it is. We can't see it on the pictures, but something's stuck. And so we're going to have to do surgery and clean that out. Otherwise, his leg won't be able to go above that, and he's just going to hurt his whole life. Was this surgeon
0: uh, Dr. Nick Riviere from The Simpsons?
2: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, now I'm like that's the thing, you can't make this shit up, right? Like you're, you really can't. And uh so the mom brings him in and we lay him down on the table and I just start going through the RPR system, right? And we just start going through breathing, start going through the wake-up drills. Ten minutes later, right? This kid, because we had to spend a lot of time on breathing with this kid because he was he was way off, and that's that's the base of RPR, is the breathing. And uh 10 minutes later, I retest him bring his leg up. He's like 90 degrees. His mom, dude, like I'm telling you, like just starts balling. Right. And I was like, I guess he doesn't need surgery. And like the mom's balling. Like, honestly I'm tearing up cause she, you know that. And like those kids, like that kid trains with us still today. And like that kid's probably like, he's he's probably going to play college sports. Like, you know you know what I mean? The kid's feels great. Like Changes it's life. yeah. And that, that's the kind of stuff to me like that. That's, you know, and the, the fact is, is like all those tools, like we give those kids, right? Like that's the amazing thing is, is like, you know, I had an athlete, uh, she's the top, uh, like hundred meter breaststroker in the country for high school. Her parents drove her over and, and we spent, you know, an hour and a half with her teaching her how to do RPR and use the RPR system for all her meets, for all our practices. Like, that's what I love so much is it's a tool we can give people so that they can go be better every single day.
1: And I think in this day and age, you know, because I have I'm a high school teacher and I, you know, see lots of high school kids. You know, they're so and my kids are in high school too, which will drive you nuts, but they're so not self-sufficient. You know, they're so reliable on everything else. Like asking to fix a printer, they have no idea. They just know paper comes out, but you hey, put paper in the printer. No clue. No clue you mean you have put to put the paper tree in to get the
3: paper though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't paper come from something? No, no, no. But we're empowering athletes and high school kids to take care of themselves where they can, A, assess what's going on in their own body and say, hey, this doesn't feel right. Instead of going through this long process, six to eight weeks of physical therapy, MRI and all this stuff, hey, let me see if I can take care of myself. And, hey, look, I'm good to go. I'm self-reliant. And I think what I see is the lack of self-reliance with athletes, students, you know, a lot of people now um and that's what we're empowering people to do is hey know what's going on in your body have a conversation with yourself and then hey i can fix it i can go through these things if i'm feeling anxious i can breathe and reset myself because we know that the brain follows the body and the body follows the brain and if you're freaking out about something you know go through the reset spots make your body strong you know your body knows its muscles are working. You're breathing right. You start to relax and things get better. Life gets better. You don't have to go into this panic, anger mode all the time that a lot of people like to stay in.
0: Yeah, Just for a uh, Cal, you must be busting to say something there. It's the longest I've ever heard, you're not saying,
3: <laughs> well, you know, as Chris said in, in, in JL, honestly, Robbie with, with all the heart rate variability things that I've checked over the years, I've ran many tests with many systems people are more stressed than they've ever been. And with kids nowadays in the social media and that stresses them out and the walking around all day with their phones, like I've had kids that, that, perform the RPR on themselves and then they can start to feel things that they never felt before. Because when you're in a sympathetic state and you're stressed out all the time, like you don't have awareness of your body. They can't feel these movements. You know what I mean? And the compensation patterns that exist, and the kids are are, are unable to, re- it's like they can't register it in their brain of, of what truly what they feel like because they're always in a adrenaline stress state when it, with RPR you get to that relaxed state, that parasympathetic shift, and an athlete can come to you and say, okay, oh, coach, I think I feel this. And then I'm like, okay, well, if that's the case, then you've got to hit this spot for your RPR. And then, because again, like, I use Sean Donnelly, one of the top uh, hammer throwers in the country here.
2: Former um, Spot Athletics <laughs> intern.
3: Yes, that's right. <laughs> Gotta get and, that uh, in there. He's, he's, <laughs> a, he's a t- one of the top hammer throwers in, in the States. And I haven't talked to Sean about his programming in a year and a half, right? And it's like. And he's, he's, he's managing himself and, and knows what works for him. Because I, I, my goal was to teach him how to do it. So he didn't have to call me every two weeks to, to get a new program. And, and that's the beauty of RPR that you, again, we're just embracing these people and it creates awareness and it down regulates their stress. And people talk to me like, well, Kel, you know, you do RPR before a workout and it causes them to relax. I'm like, yes, you want them in that state because Robbie, when, when, when you go into a, a, a squat rack the best athletes get their heart rate up to 200 beats and then turn around 30 seconds later and have it at 90. I've had some at 80 and even like 63 and people say, well, why do you want to kick in the parasympathetic system? The best athletes I've ever dealt with that can handle the most stress and that perform optimally can, can manage the high stress state and then switch into the low stress and they switch back and forth extremely well. And this was like, the benefits of RPR that I saw systemically that that like most people can't quantify because if you do 200 beats per minute in the squat rack, and then if you can get to 90 in a, in about 30 to 40 seconds, what happens is you go back into the next squat rack and you'll perform again and again. And that's the ability to repeat uh, and perform at a high level throughout the entire game. And that's the hopes because eventually what you see is people that are in stress states their heart rate drops a little bit and it just keeps the the resting keeps climbing over the game versus that ability to drop all the way down and keep performing. And when you get fatigued, then we know that's when injuries pop up, people can't react to things. and, And then the nervous system becomes tired. And I think it's also too, because of video games, Rob, like I've seen athletes play three, four hours of video games, you know, run some tests on them and their brain is just fatigued and they can't contract their muscles.
1: And remember, and part of the, the problem is that the body's responding to trauma. And I like, people like to think of trauma as like there's been some kind of injury, but stress is trauma. And whether you're playing video games or exercising hard and you start to fatigue, your body treats that as trauma and it starts shutting things down. And when you're in this constant sympathetic state, that's trauma for your body. And that's why you start recruiting these strong muscles. And you have these younger kids that have these issues because they're constantly traumatized by their Fortnite, their social media, you know, all that other stuff. And you get these injuries at such a young age, I think, because the body is shutting down and trying to find ways to deal with the trauma rather than letting the body relax, blood flow, you know, lymph flow, all these other things. Um, and I think that's where RPR takes us, is we can get you out of that trauma state where your body says, hey, we're okay. Let things function. Let let everything do its own job. We don't have to shut down, get ready for war, starvation, and all these other things, because really there's no gray area for trauma. It's either it's on or it's off, and I think we're in a constantly traumatized state, whether it's exercise, because, you know, I have kids that exercise 9, 10, 12 times a week, they go see three different people to go train. And, you know, it's constant trauma, and you constantly shut your body down, because it's, it thinks it's at war.
2: Well, I, I think, you know, that really, really, you know, both what Cal and Chris said hits it, the, the vision of what RPR is, and that's to educate people on the role of their nervous system, and the constant stress that their environment puts on it, because I think people don't understand the role of the nervous system or that look like we were meant to be hunters and gatherers. And so it's interesting, you know, as human beings, we've been around for 200, 250,000 years to get where we are evolutionary, but yet we've completely changed the environment in which we live in, in the last 150 years. So now, you know, 300 years ago, our only stress would be, you know, can we hunt for the food or is someone going to kill us? So other than that, like we're walking through the woods, things are fine. Now we're putting those, are, is someone going to kill us stressors on it constantly with phones and all the environment. So it's interesting to me that we spend billions of dollars a year on technology for the iPhone, for computers, for all this. But yet the most important thing in our world, our bodies and our minds our ourself. We're, we're doing zero technologically to advance, to be able to deal with, with the new technology of the environment we're creating. And so we're, we're leaving our bodies as a, a complete lack of ability to deal with this. And, and now we're seeing all these issues, anxiety, depression, I mean, all these things, more sports injuries, all these things we're seeing. And we wonder why, I mean, shoot, like if you had a fish tank behind you, Robbie, I wouldn't expect you to grab the fish, throw it on land and be like, all right, grow lungs in 10 minutes. Right. But but like no one would expect that. But now we've totally changed our environment as human beings. And then we're we're utilizing no tools or nothing to, to be able to deal with that. And I think for us that that's one of the things, you know, that's the mission of RPR, right? We want to empower all people so that they can optimize their mental and physical performance. And and for me, you know, that that when when we look at how we're doing that, it really has to come down to educating them about what their nervous system does. The things that the environment are doing to that, and most importantly, the, the the most important thing is that they can greatly improve their life and control their nervous system by using the RPR system.
0: The uh, it's funny when you when jail and you were speaking about just like the the creation of the light bulb, like you know, obviously I was thinking about uh, um. Edison and then Tesla and Westinghouse, because obviously they were the big players in it. But and it's funny, then you mentioned the environment there, because nothing has probably fucked up our environment more than the light bulb. Yeah, really <laughs> destroyed it, us. It yeah, yeah. has destroyed our circadian regulation, our circadian biology, our circadian regulation, all over the place. I just want to say too, you mentioned Eric Serrano, another fucking crazy bastard. He's a great guy as well. Good, good, good to hear He's him. Fat. Uh, Cal, just on your (laughs) point there... Yeah, yeah, he is. He loves Batman, too.
2: No, he calls me fat every time I see him, so I have to get a a ding on on him. Uh, uh,
0: He's a a nutball, but he's great. He's great. Cal, just on your point there about, you know, uh, driving this ability to recover quickly, you know, like, like the more and more, you know, we're in this field, like, the more, to me, anyway, and you, you guys can touch on this after I mention this, the more, like, the word adaptability and veritability just resonates all the time like the more variability an organism can display the more adaptability the more robust it's going to be the, you know just if if it came down to like right who's going to survive the longest here oh you're adaptable yeah you're in here you're not fuck off mm-hmm. so it's uh like adaptability seems to be and adaptability on a, ma- on a macro scale like from training session to training session to a micro scale as you were saying there intra set like between like a repetition or a, a set of repetitions um so just this ability to be able to adapt and then if you think about it from a metabolic standpoint like with mike t's work he's like listen the more adaptable you are metabolically as well the more robust you're going to be so like just on every sort of level that you can look at variability so obviously an rpr is another mechanism into the nervous system to open up that bandwidth of adaptability that an individual can display so that's obviously something you want in your toolbox
3: well I, I, yeah, I think you know as the research has came out that if teams are pretty equivalent in skill set, the team that can produce the most speed at the end of the game, repeated sprint ability is the mm. ones that usually win right yeah and and if we're in a stressed state when we go into that game and we can't calm ourselves down, you basically start start running um, in, in a bad cycle and, and you you won't be able to repeat those efforts at the end of the game and that's really metabolic flexibility so if, if you can switch from your fats to your to your carbs back and forth as much as possible use an oxidative system but the problem is if you're super stressed you're going to go into that glycolytic all the time yeah. and there's where we can't survive right
0: yeah and it's funny you mention that too because uh, currently i'm doing a ton of research around like longevity aging like and a big thing a big thing i mention is circadian biology like i just love research in circadian biology neuroscience epigenetics is another another uh, domain that i just absolutely love studying but uh if you look into this process of like what is causing a lot of chronic degenerate diseases and early aging in people it is actually the lack of our ability to stay aerobic you know mm-hmm. uh, people's um, electron transport chain just gets fucked up their ability to to shuttle electrons down that chain and they can't get into oxidative phosphorylation and they actually stay more glycolytic and they've issues then, like with, uh, you know, just diabetes, the, ba- yeah. But, cannabis. like, it's the balance of, of free radicals. Like, we do need free radicals, but we don't need yep. too much. It's the balance there. And it's yep. just a complete issue with the, with a, there's like a backup of electrons and protons, and it's not functioning right down the, down the electron transport chain. Essentially, people are just, as, as you said there, people are actually having to fuel themselves too much anaerobically rather than be, being like, like right now, we should all, all be using aerobic restoration to fuel ourselves here but because of chronic stressors be them psychological or electromagnetic off this computer or looking at a screen that's releasing too much dopamine and and then dietary stressors and all types of stressors in our life um that, that can lead to serious issues when you break it right down to the cellular level and then even into like the chemical level of when you get down to like the electrons and the protons again and all that so yeah there does and it's just like mitochondrial medicine is going to be the, one of the next big things there's a guy called Douglas um, Wallace Doug Wallace uh, from Philadelphia and he was he's the preeminent researcher in mitochondrial medicine and he's definitely going to get a Nobel Prize he'll be one of the guys getting one soon because he's his research on mitochondria is like groundbreaking and, like, he's just shown that, like, nearly every chronic general disease, it's driven by mitochondrial dysfunction. Like it, It's so, a
3: metabolic uh, issue. There's no question. You yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's, massive, like, it's massive. But just going back to what you said there about that, about people just saying too gly like, like, that's what it me of. And then, like, you we're getting athletes then who are getting all these injuries, and injuries are no different to illness in that they're driven by chronic inflammation in the system. Right. you look at these fucking basketball players landing on a leg, and then just their fucking tibia smashes, and you're like, you're 25 years of age. You should not be landing on the ground and your tibia is smashing in two. And you're just like, "What's got why, why is that happening?" Like,
3: right. I, I mean, the way I see it is, and there's a lot of variables in there. you don't know if they were drinking oh, the of, night
0: before right: Exactly lots but, of, yeah that's variables.
3: But if they're stressed and they're staying up all night and, and they're playing video games, when they go to land, and Chris can confirm this, their nervous system's not in a good place because no, yeah. electron transport chain is not functioning correctly because of fatigue. OK, and then what happens is, is that they can't absorb that force and they snap their leg because there's no the shock absorbers and the things that were supposed to absorb that force weren't functioning correctly. You have a yeah. bad co-contraction and, and there's the issue. And that's again, it goes back to that stress related, in my opinion, in most cases. And when I say stress, people don't understand eating bad is stressful, not getting enough rest, not recovering. Playing video games all night. I'm telling you, I have, yeah. I have kids that are playing themselves out of the NHL or yeah, an NHL I believe opportunity it. I believe it, yeah. because Fortnite's so big in hockey. And you can look at their brainwaves and the uh, DC potential coming out of there. And it's so poor after two to three hours. There's no way they can perform unless they get stimulated up, which then gets them to glycolysis faster, right? You, I mean, you, you understand.
0: So, mm, mm, mm. scary. Yeah yeah definitely uh, just another thing uh chris Corfus, you uh um i don't even know how to say your second name there because you're the only chris online but anyway but <laughs> uh you were talking about you know making athletes more self-reliant i suppose in one way though chris that kind of goes against like culture like our current culture like, you know because like kids go to school and like they go to school and they're told to just shut up and listen and and then most of, us are, most of us are brainwashed to like always go to authority figures. Like, oh, if you're sick, go to a doctor. They'll look after you. Something sore, go to a physio. So we're always externalizing like issues with our bodies. Whereas like as you guys are saying, like with ORPR you want to try and to empower people to look after themselves. And, like someone like Kelly Surrett, like, listen, does, does everything that Kelly puts out there, like, do I agree with her? Or, or is it correct? Or is it the most awful? You know, no one's 100% right. But still got to respect the man in terms like he was one of the first people to come out and say, listen fucking take charge of your body. Like, stop going to other people. Like, it's up to you to look after your your own vehicle. Like, a lot of people use the car analogy. Like, if Mike Boy was the first person I heard use it, but it's obviously, I wouldn't say it's Mike's, but Mike's like, if you were given a car at 18 years old and you were told, that's the only car you're ever going to own. And let's say you're going to live to a hundred. Are you going to look after that car? And like most people are like, yeah, I'll look after it. It's like, we'll do the same to your body, but we don't, we don't see the same, say, uh, See it the same way. Like, so I suppose it's it's a cultural mindset and shift. And JL, you were talking about like all those like athletic trainers and physical therapists, you know, it's probably just an ego thing on their standpoint, because when they see you empowering an athlete with this RPR, uh, like they don't need to go to them. They're like, well, what? What, what's my self worth in the universe now? Like, uh, what am I supposed to do? Jay, I'll just fix this guy in half an hour and I couldn't fix him in six weeks. You know I mean? well, like, Where's my, bi- so, you know, it's like an ego. It's a, it's a, it's like an attack on their ego and self identity. That's yeah, probably why I, they don't go to you.
2: You know, I, I definitely, there's a lot of ego in that, but I, I think beyond that there, there's, there's some fear, right? So I can tell you, we have a, a chiropractor Tyrell and, and Tyrell teaches RPR for us. And he was one of the first people to to come to a clinic and, Um, you know, he's, he writes articles for elite FTS, I mean, power lift. So, you know, he was like, well, JL thinks this stuff's cool. Dave said a 90 pound PR, I'm gonna come check it out. And it's funny, because after he went through, you know, when you think about chiropractic, right, that's, that's going after bones and joints. So again, that's the light fixture. Well, so Kyrell, now he has this tool, he goes back to his practice, and he starts having people reset before they do the adjustment. And then he's like, Wait now I don't need to do the adjustment, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Well, people who were coming to me three times a week now they only have to come once every three weeks." So he called me uh, after about three months. And he's like, "Dude, I'm kind of freaked out because these people don't need to come see me as much." Like you know, he's like, "It's awesome because my job's getting better, people are getting better," but he's like, "I'm worried about my business, right?" So there's right there's a fear there, right? But then all of a sudden, you know, I mean, I, eventually, actually, he ended up moving up to Columbus and and just because his, his fiance and stuff. But uh, so it's great because he actually has practice inside of the spot athletics now, which is amazing because it, it helps us help our, our pro athletes and all of our regular athletes great, yeah. really well. Um, but for us, I think there's that fear, right? I've, I've run into this just in the gym where our philosophy is like Cal said, like I want to teach all of our clients how to train. My, my ideal is for all of our, if, if, I, if no one showed up, any coach showed up at, at the spot athletics, our clients should be able to look at the paper and do everything amazingly well. And I think there's a lot of fear, not just from athletic trainers or or people in medical, there's a lot of fear that if they show, you know, they show people how to do things, then that'll make them useless. But the thing I always tell my coaches, anybody else, is like, who do you respect more? The the person who sells you a fish or the person who taught you how to fish? And and for me, we're trying to teach people how to fish. And I, I think that, you know, it's been interesting. Um, the the head uh, physical therapist for for Ohio State football, he's an awesome dude, and and Stu's like he was you know I'm, I live here in Columbus so I started showing those guys at Ohio State they were some of the the first people that. Um, you know football at Ohio State was the first people that we really implemented the RPR with as, as a major college and um, because I'm right here and, and I have a good relationship with those guys and since I had physical therapy he's like man awesome the more stuff we can do to help our guys and get better and feel better like he's like this is great he's like we should we should control the nervous system.'" And, you know, he's super growth mindset oriented and, and just loves to to get better. And, you know, I've had athletic trainers and doctors and people that are like that. And, and, and then there's the other side of the spectrum of people that I've had, you know, I've had a physical therapist go through their friend set a 50 pound squat PR the day after the RPR clinic. And she had lunch with me and she said, I don't understand how this works, so I can't use it and i was like well what do you mean we're optimizing the nervous system and she said well yeah i know i know you say you're optimizing the nervous system but like i i can't you know there's not like a billion years of research and this and that and so i'm like and that's the interesting thing right like the reason we we worked on muscles because we can look at muscles and see how they work in cadavers the reason why are adjusted first with chiropractor while we can look at the skeleton we don't and it's so funny in modern medicine we don't have the technology to see how the nervous system's operating and impacting the body as a whole so then we pretend it doesn't exist because we don't have the technology to take a picture of it which what's so ridiculous about that to me is that for thousands brian Mann, he came he came to a clinic and, and after about halfway through the clinic we had a break and he said you know what's crazy to me He said, the stuff you guys are teaching literally in some form or shape exists through the last 5,000 years of history in every culture, in every part of the world. And so what's interesting is as modern medicine has existed, that tradition of thousands of years of caring for these things that people knew existed, all of a sudden we went, well, we don't have anything we can take a picture of or directly exactly see exactly what's going on, so we're gonna pretend it isn't actually happening, even though we feel it, see it, and do everything. And I think that's the irony of where we're at today, Uh, which is why, for me, I love working with the athletes and the strength coaches and personal trainers because they don't give a shit. They don't go, I want 20 years of research, I want this. I want results. You squat a 50 pounds more, good. You won the game, good. We had 70% less injuries, good, right? Like, this is where that's like, to me, that's my mindset, right? I don't don't have to know a lot. I just got to win.
0: You should have asked her, uh, do you love your friends and family? And she probably went, yeah, of course I do. Prove it prove me that love exists <laughs>
2: yeah right
0: I'm waiting for Dude, a you know si- what I always- I'm waiting for science yeah. to prove love exists
2: you no know, you know what I always tell people is like look I doubt anyone like there like <laughs> everyone on this is super smart right can anyone here draw out the aerodynamics and the science that makes an airplane fly and anybody here be able to G- do that
0: I, I, can't I can not but like- J- J- James Smith the tinker probably could
2: <laughs> so so then James should be the only person flying, right? Because I don't understand how a plane works, but I get on them and I go places, right? Yeah. Like I look at I look at RPR the same way. Like if I'm going to if I'm going to let anything into my life, it has to cross three thresholds, right? Does does it save me time or not cost me any more time? Is it safe and is it effective, right? That's the reason I fly. I don't fly because I completely understand the math and I drew up all the physics of it before I got on the plane. Mm-hmm. I said, does it save me time? Yep. Yeah. Is it safe? Yep. Yeah. Is it effective? Yeah, I get where I'm going. And that's how I look at RPR. Like, I know it's optimizing the nervous system. Can I exactly draw everything out that's happening in the body? No, because I only understand 3 to 5% of it. Yeah. But I know that it's – like, for me, my wife and I used to go to the gym on Saturday. i deadlift heavy it would be an hour before I was ready to start deadlifting. She'd be done with her workout. Now I go to the gym on Saturday, deadlift heavy. And in 15 minutes, I'm already into my sets because I can optimize my nervous system first. Like that saves me 45 minutes on a Saturday in my life and makes my life wife a lot happier. because She shouldn't have to wait around for an hour after I've been done warming up and she's sitting there. Yeah. And so that, that to me is right. Like if it crosses those thresholds, if it's super effective, which it is, and it's safe, which, you know, no one can hurt themselves by rubbing on themselves and it saves a shit ton of time and training. Like to me, all the rest is, is that I don't care. Like those, those are the important things to me.
1: And here's the weird thing. There is research out there that that shows that these spots work and you press on certain spots and muscle works. It's just that there are other agencies and groups that don't want you to know that. I mean, Chapman's reflex stuff has been around for over 100 years. Yeah. But years. Uh, but the AMA wiped it out. I mean, the AMA wiped out everything in the early 1900s. Um, they spent about all kinds of money to discredit every other form of medicine so they could become the dominant force in Western medicine.
0: That's the same um, AMA that fucking t- told you saturated fat and vegetable – or saturated fat will blow up your heart, and <laughs> vegetable oils will save you.
2: Yeah, but, <laughs> and so but remember if that steroids don't help performance yeah, yeah exactly. their official stance in the 70s and early 80s was was that steroids do not help performance
0: we have we have an expression in ireland to uh to, to to whenever we hear bullshit like that we use this expression as in like that's the kind of column bullshit uh, wolf call That's a lot of bullshit. Uh, But JL, just just on your just on your point there too. With with me personally, if someone can just give me like a a biological rationale or reason as white as as to why they may think this is what's happening, that's enough for me usually. You know what I mean? Like I think what what people have an issue is when people say, "Oh, this works because of this," and you're like, "That's bullshit." Like you definitely have no foundation for that. Whereas you know, it's more it is more respectful when someone says, "Listen, I honestly don't know what's happening here." I know that when I do it, or when Chris does it, or Carl does it, or I do it, these results we got, we think, we, we definitely know something going on with the nervous system, well, we don't definitely know, but we think it's something to do with the nervous system, because if you read anything on the nervous system, it's all about a sensory input, there's some integration going on in the sensory nervous system, then there's an output, and something changes, we know it's input and output.
1: So think about this, some of the reset spots, you, you know, when you're learning to move, so our job is to learn how to move when we're born, right? Because if you can't move, your, your mom has to carry you, might get eaten, you know, all these different things. So your job is to move. Mm. But as a baby, you don't understand words like, okay, go into hip flexion now and then press down. No, I meant the other hip flexion. It's not like that. There has yeah. to be some tactile cue that tells your body to go into hip flexion. So if you look at where the psoas reset spot is, it's the fulcrum of when a baby pulls its head up and tries to crawl, it's dragging right on the exact same spot that we press on to take you into hip flexion, do a perfect recruitment pattern for hip flexion. So if people say, why does this spot work? That's why that spot works, because somewhere along the line, there had to have been something that tells your body to go into hip flexion. Because you don't understand words for a while. And how about this? When there was no language and we're grunting and all that, still something had to tell you to go into hip flexion. So that's why that spot works. The same with the butt spot. Why is it where it is? Well, because in order to navigate, you have to pick your head up. And when you pick your head up, that spot folds onto your spine. And that's what the stimulation is. It says, hey, here is the cue to go into hip extension." So all these spots have been developed over time, not by some verbal cue, but there's some tactile thing that at a reptilian level tells your body to go into this over the thousands and thousands of years of humans and primates learning how to, learning how to move, gait. So that's why all those spots work. It's not some magic spot that someone came up with. It's someone discovered them. But I think these spots have been around forever. And it's just like watching other animals learn how to work. There are tactile elements that go into gait, that somewhere along the way, something teaches you how to move, whether you're a a gorilla. I mean, the gorillas don't go... It's not like Planet of the Apes, where all of a sudden people, they have their own language. There's some cues there are tactile cues that are there that get us to move. And I think over time, either for whatever reason, and it could be any stimulus that takes place because trauma is trauma, you'll find other ways that reduce the energy, the efficient, you know, because we're trying to shut down, we're trying to be as efficient as possible. Mm. And it's a lot of energy, It costs a lot of energy to get your glute to fire properly
0: big time yeah big time. so we
1: constantly we're, we're constantly down regulating yeah. but so the, the the science is there i mean just watch a baby crawl watch a baby develop and look at what happens um right now i'm collecting pictures of people's babies to show hey here's what happens when you're learning how to crawl and move and that's why this spot is this spot
0: the dns right. the, dns is, is the dynamic a muscle stabilization. I mean. Now, I, I, I've taken DNS, a and but I haven't taken any of stuff for RPR, and I have those DVDs. But, like, I mean, DNS are similar in terms of, like, they teach all about these reflexive points as well. And, I mean, if you read up on, like, child development or uh, neurodevelopment, I mean, it's fairly well established that these points exist, that they're there, like, as well. So, again, there is supporting evidence, or there is evidence to point to that can support RPR, you know?
1: Yeah, that, that, the, the that evidence started in the 1950s. I, you know, I'm starting to collect all this research and going back in a lot of old books. You know, stuff as early as 1950s were saying, "Oh yeah, this is a thing. This mm-hmm. is a thing."
2: Well, I think too. Like the big thing is, is, is when you go back, I, you know, there's so much evidence that shows it's a thing. But I think the the key thing with RPR that that we really want to do that was different is is showing people how they can empowering people to do it all themselves. And and that's the key thing, right? Is like we wanted to really move away from that practitioner based model. I mean. I went, you know, so in 2004, um, I was doing an 1100 pound squat, and I herniated L5, S1. And I went from being, uh, you know, one of the strongest people in the world to not being able to dress myself. And when I did that, there was so much rehab and so many things. And I saw all these people. And I mean, I, I traveled around the world to, to, to try to get better, right to get back to the level I was at. And you know, uh, I was fortunate. I worked with some amazing people and, you know, I, I was fortunate in 2014, I worked my way back. I won a world championship and again in powerlifting and in the deadlift. And, you know, the thing is, is that with all of those people, the one thing was like, well, why, why are you doing this or what's doing this? And, and the thing was, was like a lot of those people I could only see on, on very rare occasions. And when I'd ask him to explain, it would be like, well, I've been doing this for so long. And you just, you get a feel for things and you do this the amazing thing about our PR is that that used to piss me off, right? Like I'm, I'm fucking smart, dude. Like just tell me so I can do this shit when I go back home and no one ever could. And that's the thing that I love about our PR is we just show, this is how you do it. It's a system that anyone can follow and the results like that result with Dave, like everybody, we've implemented this everyone for pro power lifters to, to 12 year old kids to high school girls, lacrosse, pro lacrosse, like, pro football, college, I mean, high school. State track meets. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, every kind of athlete, every kind of age population we've implemented this with and people who've learned it have implemented, and it works with everybody. It's a system that people can do themselves. And the thing is, is that it it optimizes that firing pattern. And the thing is, it's what's always crazy I love is when you show people like, people are like, oh, well, we do glute bridges for, for you know, to activate glutes. It's like, No. That's still at the muscular level. You're just doing strength endurance work for the compensation pattern. All of a sudden they do the wake-up drills, boom, hip extension gets stronger. They squat more. They run faster. They jump higher. Improved range of motion. It's just, it's optimizing that, but they can do it themselves. And that's the thing, like, none of this stuff is new, right? It's been around for thousands of years. The the key thing about RPR is, is we've spent a lot, a lot of time, a lot of effort to simplify and get it to be a system that anybody can do themselves and and empowering people. To me, that's the best thing you can do for people.
0: So where can people learn more about this in terms of there's a level one and I believe there's a level two now Um, just, to tell us about the education of RPR.
1: So I think,
2: yeah, go ahead, Chris. Uh,
1: level one, we are teaching athletes and clients whoever shows up, how to empower themselves to reset themselves and how to take it to your team. So the goal of level one is two tiered. One is, you know, our 12 basic reset spots. And then as soon as you walk out of there, you should be able to teach it to your wife, your children, your team, whoever wants to learn. That is the goal of level one. Uh, Level two is, so if level one is more of a shotgun approach where you've got all these things, level two is more of a sniper where we learn uh, the reflex tests. We learn how to disrupt recruitment patterns. We learn how vision plays a role in, in how you move and how we can reset your vision so you become an even more, efficient, powerful athletes, because really, if you think about it, if you're always looking for threats, and you're shut off in a field of vision, that whole area is always going to be a threat to you. Um, So you want to make sure that every time your head doesn't move left or eyes look right or whatever, you don't automatically shut down and go into a, a flight response pattern rather than a performance state.
2: Well, I think too, one of the, one of the awesome things is, you know, we've done now, uh, since the beginning, you know, it's been, um, it's been little, little over three years that, um, we've been developing this. And, and at this point now, I think we are getting close to about 150 clinics that we've done. And, uh, you know, it's a lot, not just that, but Cal and Chris and I like flying in, working together for a weekend. I mean, we've spent a ton of time and energy to really get this system to be something that that can impact people and empower people. And I'm really excited because, uh, May 1st, we're releasing our level one online version. So the, the thing that I'm so excited about is, you know, I'll go to clinics or see people and like, man, I wanted to come to clinic, but it was on a weekend that this happened or man, you know, like I live on the West coast and in the clinics are on the East coast. And then when you're on the West coast, I'm somewhere else or I'm in season. And so, like I, I get these, I talk to people all the time. And so I'm really excited that, that we were able to make this be something that we could put in that online. And that way we can give people access all the time. It's something they can have to reference and go back and learn. And, and the thing that's awesome about it is we really, you know, we took a lot of time with it. We wanted it to be, you know, and, and a lot of people who we beta test this, so it's the best online clinic they've ever done because. We tried to give it the experience of being at an in-person clinic. So we filmed at an in-person clinic. Then we came in and we filmed other stuff, not at an in-person to do it. We put it together, beta tested it, added some other things, came back in, filmed some more. So we really spent a lot of time and energy to ensure that the people, and uh, actually we just had uh, one of the guys who beta tested, um, he's a strength coach for one of the top five baseball teams in the uh, NCAA, like Division I right now. That's like one of the best teams in the country. He went through online, uh, and uh, one of our our one of our guys went up and, and visited him because they were by him just to see how things were going. And he went through online three weeks later, went to a game, boom. Players were all nailing it. They were all doing it. He would already had it integrated. So – um, as far as integration, like the people gone through online, they're able to integrate right away, just like the in-person. So it's uh, we're really excited about that because that's going to allow us to impact a lot more people a lot quicker.
1: And I think, you know, when you go to a clinic, even though we all teach the same spots and we have the same PowerPoint, we all have a little different slant on things and tell different stories. Um, and I think with this new, with the online course, you get a taste of my slant. You get a taste of kale slant. You get a taste of jail slant because all three of us are you know we all teach the same thing and you know and now you can see how we all do it and you can hear our our own little you know quips and things like that in into how we see things
0: right well obviously i'm in i'm in ireland i was gonna say europe even though we are in europe but uh no. i'm over <laughs> i'm over here in ireland and the rest of europe the reason why i stall there is because like most americans always go so what part of the uk and i'm like we're not in the uk stop saying that. <laughs> Ireland Ireland is completely separate to the United Kingdom. It's like saying like asking a Canadian what part of America you're from and then they tell you and like, Oh, sorry, my mistake. Or, 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 or when you say to someone from New Zealand, so what part of Australia you're from they're like I'm from New Zealand they're like, Oh, that was a mistake. So so for all the listeners, always just say where are you from? Don't make any assumptions. Uh, but I'm obviously I'm here in Ireland and the rest of Europe. Uh, do you have any plans of coming over here?
2: Uh, actually I was in London in January um and uh so uh, i think we're definitely i mean we just had tyrell actually just spent uh two weeks over in uh taiwan um so we definitely uh you know we're traveling and going places um you know obviously we're not gonna we're you know we definitely like coming over over to europe because i think it's it's you know think Ireland would be great as it's uh you know I think it's got a great community of people that are that are always you'd, trying to get You'd
0: love our meat too. You'd love the meat over here, JL. I
2: like that. I'm <laughs> grass fed
0: baby grass fed.
2: That, that, that's what I eat. I love it. Let's book it. Um so yeah, I think we we love going over and teach. I think that's that is one of the things that that really with the online is that it allows people who who maybe are in a place like Ireland, well we're not going to go there, you know, well, five times a year and so yeah, yeah. I think those are the kind of things that I think really um, where I'm excited about the online because then it, it allows us to, to create a more global impact much yeah. easier
1: and a lot of coaches don't have you know some people have to fly in and it's a whole weekend they don't have an entire weekend to give you know some high school coaches coach three sports and they, they're never off um, this gives you a chance to go through and implement it at your own speed uh, learn at your own speed, and uh, it gives you a lot more freedom to, you know, to do with it what you want. And plus, you always have it. Um, a lot of people, I hate to say this because it's kind of against their own clinic, but they're overwhelmed even at a level one where it's like their mind is blown. I mean, when you're teaching the class, you can see people like hour five, you can see in their eyes like, all right, this dude's done. I mean, I have filled his head. Um, now you can go back and relook at things because um, sometimes people's notes aren't great when they're getting blown away um, mentally. Uh, you can go back and look at things. You'll always have it there to access and use as a resource to make sure you're getting it and, you know, feel confident and comfortable with teaching it.
0: All right. So we we'll wrap up here. Tell everyone where they can find out more about RPR and then tell everyone where they can find out more about each one of you guys individually. And then I want to ask you guys what books are you currently reading right now? Because I love books. So, where can people find out more?
2: Yeah, so reflexiveperformance.com is our, our main website uh, obviously, you know, from there you can find what in-person clinics, you can sign up for our pre-sale for our online clinic. We actually, uh, anybody who buys it before May 1st, we have a really nice t-shirt that we've designed just for the pre-launch. So people kind of get like a one run for it. So I'm pretty excited cause I came up with it. So obviously I think it's awesome. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, so you can, I mean, reflexiveperformance.com is it, I mean, obviously social media, you know, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you do, you know, RPR system is, you know, we're on there. So, um, you know, those things, obviously, people can keep up with things we're doing clinics we have and all those things. So, um, but I, I think like, obviously, the website is is a great place to start for anybody.
0: And where can people find out more about you, Jail? What's the website again?
2: Uh, so, obviously, you know, a lot of stuff that, we, you know, com. like, you know, RPR is, is a big focus for me. I mean, personally, obviously I run, you know, the spot athletics. So the spot um, you know, same thing on, on social media. It's the spot athletics, um, all written out. Um, the, the thing for me, you know, with that is, you know, we, I started in a, in a really small, you know, really small facility, subleasing space. And, you know, I've built that, you know, uh, I'll go meters, but 2000 square meter, I have two, two facilities that are each 2000 square meters, um and they're they're private facilities so they're training facilities only we don't do open memberships so um you know and it, so I'm really trying to do a lot uh from the from the training side to improve things in our our own community and we put out a lot of great just training information and more for that if you're in that performance uh clinic private clinic type facility so
0: Chris, so Kyle or Chris you want to jump in just for your own individual websites or yeah, how um, people contact you?
3: Uh, I don't know. Uh, I got 3,200 unread emails right now and 120 unread texts. So,
0: so that, that, that's a, a, pol- a polite way to tell people don't contact
3: you. No, no. Kel uh, Dietz at Gmail um, is my email. Um, and then uh, XO Athlete is, is uh, probably the main one that uh, people could see a lot of my stuff, a lot of free content there. And uh, find my YouTube channel from there. But you know, ultimately, it's uh, I'm just trying to keep up with uh, Chris and producing content and mm. and uh, merging our ideas together and the things that we know. It, uh, it that's really what, uh, what keeps me fired up every day. That uh, we we keep digging into stuff together, and uh, whether I come up with something or Chris does, and then then uh, it's always a ton more information and a longer phone call about where we gotta go with it. So it's uh it's awesome. Like Chris calls sometimes I just walk out of my house and, and do a forty minute loop on my uh around my neighborhood. that's where it'll be. So that's where I'll with, be on.
0: With the bottle of whiskey in the other hand. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 There's that fucking crazy Irishman whiskey again <laughs> All the fucking neighbors. There's that crazy bastard <laughs> <again>. <laughs> <again> just keeps walking loose with whiskey and talking to himself
3: <laughs> yeah and as far as stuff i'm reading i'm just digging into the cellular stuff like you are um no one understanding more about it various yeah uh, you
0: can't you, you can't read physiology enough. know fly. i'm actually a big textbook right here beside me Tatar and derrickson's one. i just keep reading it again and again and again because people are like how do you learn that stuff go, like people are like how do you learn it's just like just keep reading it just keep reading it just keep reading it just know. keep reading it here you go just say, chris
1: uh all my content, my website kind of sucks. It's Slow Guy Speed School. Um, I, it needs to be updated because uh, I'm kind of getting away from trying to get away from all the computer stuff, just because it's it's a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Track Football Consortium is where I keep post all my articles, and that's the the clinic that I run twice a year. And I and I think it's one of the best clinics around if you're looking into speed strength development. Uh, we try and bring in really interesting people that think outside the box. Um,
0: Did Keir go up there at the last one? Keir went flat. Was he at the yeah,
1: last one? Yeah, Keir came. Um, he, speak, he spoke one time ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that's my stuff is I'm really bad at social media. Uh, and I, every year it's my goal to do better. And then it lasts about a week and then I forget because when I coach, I don't walk around with my phone. I, I like to be in the moment and I and I coach. I watch my kids <laughs> and things like that. Um, and I'm reading Darwin's Doubt right now. It's a case uh-huh. uh, for intelligent design and kind of looks at the loopholes in the th- evolutionary theories and uh, it's pretty good.
0: Very, very good. jay what are you reading? You didn't tell us.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Uh, so it's funny, right? Like, um, you know, 15 years ago, uh, everything I read was training based, right? And so... I would say, you know, obviously open the business and really, you know, since I won that world championship 2014, my goal has really been, you know, so my thing was when I got into powerlifting, I want to be the best powerlifter in the world. Right. That like, when I do things, I want to be the best in the world at it. So uh, for me, it's been business ever since. So I, I honestly, every book I read is, is business oriented. So uh, right now it's funny. You ask what I'm reading right now, but uh, I'm still, so oh, I'm rereading, so because I like to reread books and do mm, notes. Too. So I'm rereading, I'm rereading Crucial Conversations. And uh, if you haven't, if you haven't read it, it's great. And uh, it's it's you know I have have to have a lot of conversations with a lot of people about things. And so for me, uh, Crucial Conversations has been a, is a big game changer for me because the way I grew up was uh you either didn't get talked to or you got motherfucked and so uh when you when you when you manage people and you run a business and that's the way you communicate it doesn't work out well
0: yeah i read that book last year It uh it reminded me an awful lot of seven habits of highly effective people which is one of my favorite books i've read that book multiple times seven habits but i read crucial conversations last year
1: and we Uh, always know book jl's reading because he always demos all the things he learns on me and (laughs) cal
2: Well, I think I, here's what I'll say for people out there. And this is just goes to coaching, to whatever you do business to me. Uh, you know, I think that if you have not read how to win friends and influence people, like you can stop reading whatever you're reading and read that fucking book. Like if to me, that book is like, every book like seven habits, highly, any book that's published now, like that book was written in the fucking thirties. Every book that's written now is just stealing shit from that book. Like yeah, yeah. how to win friends and influence people. Like, cause to me, like, look, if, no like we have so with rpr we have this great information that we would give but if people are like ah cal's a dick or jail's dick we don't like them they don't care about the information right like yeah. if someone doesn't like you they're like robbie's a dick they're not going to listen to this podcast and get great information right like so that's uh, for me that book like everyone should start there
0: i feel like that i feel like uh you know that bit in the simpsons where he's in the army and he's like the the, 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 ser- the sergeant goes over to home and he goes okay simpson I don't like you and you don't like me. And Homer goes, I like you. And he goes, well, then I don't like you. And then Homer goes, well, you don't know me. Maybe if have got to know each other, you might like me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that bit. Just one final thing I want to say, uh, and we're talking about uh, just another great dude, Mike T. Nelson. The reason why I got confused thinking that Cal told you about Douglas was that it, it was Mike T. telling me that Cal, you told him about RPR. I know he's speaking yeah. for RPR. That's why, but I remember it was... No, I remember- I remember the story now. It was Dan that told Chris, and then then, then Chris, yeah. and you got it through Chris. I remember now. Just wanted to get that right because I was like, why did I think that? I was like, ah, oh, because Mike T told me that he heard it from Cal. That's why I was getting it confused. By the way, Mike T also like I thought I knew a lot of people, but that fucking guy knows everyone. He works for the Carrick Institute. He used to do Z Health. Yeah. He knows the PRI guys. He it he's in with you. He tried phasing I PR. He's like that guy. Fucking knows everyone. He goes over yeah, to but- Ben House's place in Costa Rica.
2: I like to, he can't pick up a Thomas Inch dumbbell. I just make fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: brilliant. That's brilliant. That's gas.
1: that's Kay. always humiliating when you go to jail's gym and he's got, he's got like a history of grip strength in one of his facilities. And then he always puts you in his place, and goes, All right, try and pick that up. And you're like, I can't even begin to grab that thing. And then he just snatches it up. It's like, Yeah, that's where you got me. Like,
0: JL, you don't know um, Paul, Paul McElroy over here in Ireland in Belfast. He'd be, he'd be good friends like with all the uh, strong first kettlebell guys, but he's a big guy like an old man. He, he's always putting up videos of himself, bending those nails and shit. Speaking big into yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah that yeah. stuff's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. All right, gents. Uh, if you have anything else you want to just close off with there, this is your time. Otherwise, I'll just wrap out the show, but this was brilliant and I really appreciate you making time.
2: No, thanks for your time, Robbie. I mean, the thing... You know, for me, this last thing I want to end with is really if people want to understand what RPR is, the simplest thing to me is just it allows you, it empowers you to to optimize your nervous system and so you can perform at your best. And, you know, that goes beyond just physical. I mean, our our mission really is to empower all people in the world to optimize their mental and and physical performance.
0: Brilliant, brilliant, yeah. Absolutely. All right, Jen, So I'll just wrap this up and say goodbye to you offline. So, for everyone listening, as I always say, you're spoiled people with all this information for free. Spoiled, rotten. <laughs> as, 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 we, as my mother and father used to say to me, you're spoiled, rotten. But for everyone listening, take care, be well, and stay strong. <laughs>